Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Paul says we need to be contented, yes, in our circumstances. But there's more. Here's what I want you to write down. We need to be contented with what we have. In other words, our material possessions. Why? Same answer. Because God is enough. You see, Paul's saying in those verses something like this. I've learned to get along happily, whether I have much or little. It's hard not to want more. It seems to be ingrained in our nature. And once we get what we think we have to have, our eyes begin looking around for the next thing to acquire. The Apostle Paul tells of finding contentment no matter his circumstances, whether in abundance or in need. Pastor Mark will teach today that Paul's accomplishment in this matter is something that any Christ follower can achieve. What it requires is that you understand that your sufficiency is to be found in Jesus, not the world around us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he begins his message, content with almost nothing or with everything. Now you can turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This morning I'm going to open with a slide of something very important that took place on Wednesday. The news media was all hyped because if any of you are techie people at all, you know what happened. What happened on Wednesday? Anybody know what? The new iPad was introduced. Now, everybody was excited. It's changed the world. Amazingly how it's changed the world. I'm going to ask you three questions this morning. Three questions. Number one, how many of you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's cool. I don't even know what an iPad is, but cruel. I'm satisfied in my life without any iPad at all. Could I, could I see your hand? Just hold them up. I'm taking a picture for Apple. You soon will get a picture from them. Okay. Now, you know why you raise your hand? Because you don't have one. I know exactly why you all raise your hand. This thing has changed our life. I teach from an iPad. Do you know when I now go on Mr. Joe, I don't need a computer. I just teach it. You don't understand. Every sermon I've ever preached for 20 years in the PowerPoints are here. Is that amazing? All over the world. So maybe I changed you. Maybe not. All right, question number two. 
Pastor Mark, I'm satisfied with my old iPad. It works fine. Let me let me see your hand. I'm not paying another 500 bucks for another iPad. Okay. Now here's the big one. Pastor Mark, I really, really, really want the new iPad. As soon as possible. Let me see your hand. Yeah, I know. Now let's be truthful. How many would like to have a brand new iPad? Really, if it was given to you. Let me see your hand. Oh, yeah. Now we get to the truth. Uh-huh. All right. So, Pastor Mark, is the sermon about the iPad? Well, not really. Take a look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul made this statement. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And then we define the word contentment. Write it down. Satisfied with God's plan for my life. That's what it means. All the different details, we'll see how that is. I'm satisfied with those details. I know God's plan's good for me, so I'm okay with it. It doesn't matter what it, I'm just okay with it. Now remember, contentment's not just like this virtue. To be content is a command from God. It's not like, well, I'd like to be, but it's not really a big deal with me. No, no, it's a command from God. And contentment is an attitude. It's not an emotion. It's an attitude. It's a commitment to being content. And last, it's not external. It's internal. Now, Paul talked to us that he had to learn contentment. Why is that? Because it isn't natural to be content. When the iPad tree comes out, and by the way, they're not calling it that, just call the new iPad. Anybody that has one, immediately you know what you want. You want the new one because it's got new. They wouldn't come out with it if it didn't have new, really neat stuff. And so we're not content naturally. So Paul says, write this down. This is huge. When I was born, I wasn't given the contentment gene. The command to be content is learned. And it's learned, that word means, by experience. We don't learn to be content in church. We don't learn to be content in a Bible study. We learn to be content in the classroom of everyday life. Just the things that you and I all experience, that's where we learn this thing called contentment. Now, we gave you four keys how that works. We're to be contented, the key word here, in our current circumstances. Right where God has us, with the kind of stuff that we have in our life. We're to be content in those circumstances where he's placed us, in your relationship, single, married, divorced, whatever. All of the circumstances, jobless, no job. We are to be content in the circumstances for one reason. Because, say it with me, this because what? God is what? He's enough. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So God is simply enough. But as Paul begins to look at that, he says being satisfied in our circumstances is fantastic, but it's not enough. Look at verse 12. I know what it is to be in need, 
And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Watch this. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. So Paul says we need to be contented. Yes, in our circumstances. But there's more. Here's what I want you to write down. We need to be contented with what we have. In other words, our material possessions. Why? Same answer. Because God is enough. You see, Paul's saying in those verses something like this. I've learned to get along happily, whether I have much or little. I know how to live with almost nothing. And I know how to live really with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, every circumstance, part two, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, or plenty, or little. Now, when you read that, when you say, Paul says, I've learned to be content in my current circumstances, right where God has me, and I've learned to be content with what I have, the possessions I have, you would think that Paul's life is rosy. But it wasn't rosy. Paul is in prison, and he's writing these statements. He's learned that, not in a church, not in a Bible study. He's learned to be content in many situations, but certainly in jail. He was in need, but he was satisfied with where God placed him and with what he had. Now, life is unpredictable. We just don't know about life. Yesterday I did a funeral. Tuesday I'm doing another one. That's normal. But look at this. This is kind of the roller coaster you all and I have in our life. There's times we're full and then times we're hungry. There's times we're rich. And there's times we're poor. There's times we have plenty. And there's times in need. You know... Usually, we don't understand what that means. But let me just do a clarification right off the top, and then the rest of the teaching you'll understand. You and I live in America. By world standards, every person, no matter what, living in America, is rich. Could I hear an amen? You say, oh, not me. Well, let me take you to India. You'll be rich. So no matter what you have, no matter what your bottom line is, no matter what your wealth is, you know, and and your value, I don't really care about that. We're basically rich. So as you begin to see that, notice what Paul says. There's these swings in our lives. There's these ups and they're downs. But Paul said, I've learned to kind of have this steady life of satisfaction, whether it's up or down. Now, what kind of ups... Did Paul have? Well, remember who Paul was. He was a Roman citizen. He had the wealth and the privileges of Roman citizen. Rome ruled the world. He was in the upper class. He was educated by the best teachers in the world. Also, Paul knew the power and privileges of having everything he needed because he was a religious Jew. He was a Pharisee, the cream of the crop. 
So Paul, before he came to Christ, he knew all those peaks. He knew all those peaks. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to look at some downtime that Paul had. You see, you'd say, well, Pastor Mark, if, if everything was up, I'd certainly learn to be content. No, everything is not going to be up in your life. It's not going to be up in my life either. We know what it is to have those swings. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, go down there to verse 23. I'll begin kind of in the middle of verse 23. Paul says this, I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one, the 39 beating. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, from bandits, from my own countrymen, from Gentiles, in the city, in the country, at sea, and from false brothers or false teachers. How many of you would like to take a traveling trip with the Apostle Paul? Everything he's talking about in his life there was down. It was hugely down. Now, during those years of his three missionary journeys, he had plenty of uptimes as well. But these were the downtimes. Look at verse 27. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked, no clothes. The elite Pharisee, the Roman citizen, cold and no clothes. Every one of you can relate to what I just read. Oh, not the extremes of that. We know being rich and poor and plenty and need. We know that. A few years ago, many of us were just flying high, weren't we? And then all of a sudden, those houses that we were flipping wouldn't flip. The economy plunged. Many of you lost your homes. Many of you lost your investment. Your net worth went negative. We have so many people today still without a job. We never thought we'd hit the bottom, but we have. So we understand those swings. If I would go down the row, I'd ask you a question. Are you at a peak right now or a valley? You'd be surprised how many ups and downs. So we're no different than Paul, and we need to learn what Paul learned. As you look at that, Paul learned, it didn't matter where it was in life. He learned application makes all the difference. He learned to be content, satisfied because he knew God was in control of his life, and eventually it was going to be okay. Now, the key word in those swings of life is one of the five keys I'm going to give to you today. Here's key number one. Write it down. Number one, be flexible. Paul was able to be flexible with the swings of life, and actually he just evened them out a little bit. It didn't matter to him. Be flexible, content with whatever God provides. Now, let me make a statement so you'll understand. 
At the end of this teaching, here's not what I'm saying. I'm asking all of you to sell everything you have. Put your shorts on and the oldest t-shirt you have. And go barefoot. And eat grubs till Jesus comes. I'm not asking you to do that. But I do want you to think. Do your possessions have you? Or do you have your possessions? It's a huge problem. Jesus often spoke, and the Bible very frequently speaks, about the dangers of riches, the dangers of prosperity. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. One day Jesus was teaching, and he shocked his disciples. And he made a statement that didn't, well, simply didn't make any sense to them at all. Look at Mark chapter 10. Scoot on down to verse 23. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, now watch this one. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 24, and the disciples were amazed at his words. You see, Jewish people in those days equated great wealth and possessions as an evidence that they were Jews. They were God's chosen people. And it was God's blessing on their life. For Jesus to say that great riches, great wealth can be a problem and an obstacle to get into the kingdom of God simply didn't make any sense to them at all. But one day, Jesus met a rich, young ruler who actually came to him. He was Jewish and said, how can I get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus made some statements to him. And the rich, young ruler turned and said, I'm not doing what you say. And he walked away. And the Bible tells us he walked away because he was rich. Could possessions actually keep a person from going to heaven? That's exactly what Jesus says. So it's clear from this context, Jesus is saying this. The danger is that when we have wealth, and by the way, how many of us are rich here? Let me, let me see your hand. How many of us are rich? We're all rich. When we have wealth, wealth tends to make us satisfied with the physical things of life. I got my iPad. Wealth kind of bypasses the spiritual. The real you and me. Wealth tends to offer false security. A few years ago, we wouldn't have believed that one. Look, I got four homes, two apartment buildings, got this, got a great job, my retirement's coming, everything's gone. I'm one, one and a half years to retirement, full retirement when I get there. Now what? The company went bankrupt, retirement's gone, no houses, you're just hardly making it from, well, what happened to the security? And gone. It's gone. And number three, wealth tends to blind us for our need from God. So I want you to write number two. Be careful. Wealth, lots of stuff. And we all have lots of stuff. And I'm not saying not to have lots of stuff. Often causes us to forget God. We simply forget God. Now, when you begin to think about that, let me read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
verse 17 and 18. Just write it down. You know what? You can look it up later. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. Here's what the writer says. You may say to yourself, my power, my strength, my hands have produced this wealth for me. In other words, when, when we have lots of stuff, we kind of sit back sometime and go, well, Pastor Mark, I mean, I'm really blessed. I've got all of this stuff and I, I made the right moves. I'm a wise investor. I'm a person that worked hard. I got an education and it's, it's, my, it's my power, it's my strength, and it's my hands that produce this for me. Careful. Verse 18 says this, but remember the Lord your God. Now, why would that very next verse say, remember the Lord? Because I've forgotten the Lord. It's all about me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Everything you and I have comes as a gift from God. Oh, no, Pastor Mark, if you don't get that, you'll always be miserable in life. Well, I worked hard. Well, of course you worked hard. But it was a gift from God. Now, that same passage in Deuteronomy has a corollary one in the New Testament. It's identical. So when you get a chance, you can write this verse down. You can just put a little arrow and go to Deuteronomy and Deuteronomy, go back to 1 Timothy 6. Look what Paul says to Timothy. Command those who are rich in the present world, that's all of us here, not to be what? Arrogant, prideful, nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain. Could I hear an amen somewhere there? But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with about one thing, or maybe a couple things for our enjoyment. Is that what it says? Now, what's the word everything mean? It means everything. Do you understand that most people outside our church buildings today would call that word enjoyment an oxymoron for Christianity. No, if you become a Christian, you lose everything, you lose all your rights, you're poor mouth, and there's no joy in life. We know the difference, don't we? You see, when you come to Christ, it's absolutely the most exciting lifestyle in all the world. It doesn't matter up or down. We've got God. And we know where we're going. But the world goes, well, that can't be. And so they're looking. They're looking. Happy hour. Thank God it's not an hour. It's all week. Amen? And it's here. It's in my sermons, which always are short. Maybe happy hour and a half. That's all right. All right. Now, understand... That serving God is amazing. So we need to learn to face prosperity, because we're all prosperous, without pride. And I'll say this, and I'll remind you, I love to go on mission trips, because it humbles you. When you see the rest of the world, you understand how most of the world... See, Americans that never travel to third world countries have zero understanding of how the world lives. Today, Pastor Mark talked about how it's a human tendency to want more. It seems that no matter how much you might have, there's something inside hankering the next cool thing. The teaching today was about the biblical command to learn contentment. 
Unfortunately, the only way to learn contentment is to experience frustration, temptation, and wrong motives. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the message content with almost nothing or with everything. He will speak about the Apostle Paul, what he experienced in his life, and how he dealt with the prosperity as well as the deprivation he went through, how God kept him on an even keel. You'll then learn how to apply Paul's lessons to your own life and circumstances. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious, Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.